right, guys. Time for another hopefully quick episode. Again, sorry about the delays. Um, it's just the way it's going right now. Uh, this will probably be the, the briefest episode yet. Um, it's a bold prediction, but we'll see how this plays out. I have a, it's, it's an important topic nonetheless. Um, before I get started, I want to give a, another shout-out to the, my buddy uh, Josh Skeeto on Twitter. His uh, Twitter handle is at S-K-E-T-O. Um, he's put out a lot of effort. He's been making a lot of uh, short clips. He's been dissecting some of my longer videos, making short clips that get short points across. He's done a lot of fancy editing, put the scripture references in there. So, um, you know, I do a little bit of video, you know, editing. I know that takes a lot of time and effort. So I really appreciate, uh, once again, Josh, for you doing that. Appreciate it. Um, in this episode, we're going to cover just the basic idea that people like Leighton Flowers will continually shout, God determined it, God determined it, God determined it, as if they're making some sort of point, okay? So we all heard Leighton Flowers, and people like Leighton Flowers, repeat this point over and over again, right? And and I addressed it quite a bit in my episode titled, Is Calvinism Inconsistent? We responded uh, in that episode to Leighton Flowers when he was addressing some comments made by Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson basically asks, why are people rejecting Christ? And then points to sinful hearts as the reason behind rejection of Christ, which is obviously true. But Leighton comes right back and says, ah, but in Calvinism, people reject Christ because God determined that they would, right? Like, as if we forgot that, and as if he's pointing out something that, you know, is, is making some sort of some sort of point. And my response, of course, as it always has been, was that, no, we're not forgetting that we believe that God determines all things. Yeah, it does, you know, anything that you want to point to in, in creation that is occurring. We would say that God determined that it occur, Right? But what I pointed out in that episode, and I'm going to reiterate it here, is that we also have to ask, how did God determine it, and in what way, right, did God determine it? In other words, what is the outplay? What's the storyline level outplay of what God has determined? What does it look like, right? So when you're going to understand God in the transcendent position as the divine author of all creation, whenever you ask why something is happening, there's going to be two answers, right? There's going to be the God determined it ultimate answer. That's the ultimate answer. It's the ultimate reason why whatever it is you're looking at is happening. But it's not the only reason, right? There's a big difference between ultimate and only. There are also storyline-level reasons behind why the things are happening, right? Remember, God's not just snapping his fingers, right? He, if he has determined that something happened, he doesn't just snap his fingers and it happens. He has also determined how and why it happens. So what, what people like Leighton Flowers do is they blur the distinction between God and the transcendent position and what is occurring on the storyline level right, puts everything on the same level, and then comes away thinking that the God-determined answer is the only way to answer particular questions, right? He thinks that since God determined it, all that storyline level stuff is irrelevant and it doesn't matter. But you have to remember that we can have different contexts of discussion depending on what questions we're asking, right? It's, it's one thing to ask, why is such and such occurring ultimately, right? That's one question, and that answer is going to be different than when you ask, why is such and such a thing occurring on the storyline level? Right, And while we most certainly engage in the ultimate discussions in theological debate, a lot of the time we're, we're simply asking, as Doug Wilson was, right, storyline level questions like, why are people rejecting Christ? And just because the God determined that they would answer is a valid answer, ultimately, right, the people reject Christ because of their sinful hearts answer is also a true and valid answer. Both of those things are true. And so the entire point here is that when you point to only one of those answers to the exclusion of the other, um, people like Leighton Flowers come away thinking that they're making some sort of brilliant argument, right? So when Leighton shouts, hey, don't forget, God determined it, he, he thinks he's making some sort of mic drop argument, when in fact the other side just sits there and basically says, yeah, 
God determined it. And well, what's your point? Right. And, and to demonstrate this, I'd like to use a quick analogy. Uh, Leighton Flowers likes analogies and, and I'll, I'll use them every now and then. So I'm going to, in this analogy, I'm going to talk to Leighton, you know, as if I'm talking to Leighton really quickly here, regardless of whether or not he actually hears this, just to make a quick point. So Leighton, let's imagine that you and I are both, you know, huge fans of a particular book series. And we both agree that when this next book comes out, we're both going to buy it. We're going to read the whole thing, maybe more than once. And we're going to go out for lunch and we're going to discuss the story and give our thoughts and our opinions, right? So that day comes and we go out for lunch and, and we start talking about our favorite characters and our favorite events and, you know, why this happened or why that happened. And, and eventually you, you turn to me and you say something like, but I don't quite understand why this character did that one thing, right? Maybe I, I just forgot or I missed it, but I'm trying to make sense out of why did that character do that? Can you remind me again? And suppose that I look straight back at you without hesitation, and I say, silly Leighton, that character did that because the author determined him to. Duh. Right? What would your response to that be? Now, at first, you might, you'd probably laugh out loud, right? You'd think that I was joking with you. And you'd say, no, seriously, though, uh, Colin, why did that character do what he did? I, I can't remember why. And I come back once again, and I just repeat, well, the author determined it. That's why he did what he did. At this point, you'd probably shift from laughing, you know, a laughing and joking attitude or mood into a very confused mood, right? You'd look back at me, you know, a little quizzically and you'd say, well, of course the author determined it. The author determined the entire story. doesn't matter what you point at in the story. The author determined it. But that's not the answer to the question I'm asking you, Colin, right? At least in terms of the context of, of the question. So let me ask you again, why did that character do that? I want the storyline level reason behind why he did it so I can better understand the story, right? And yet for the third time, I look back at you and I say, Leighton, if the author determined it, then none of that storyline level stuff matters. The character did what he did because the author determined it, okay? So at this point, you'd shift from confusion into annoyance and possibly a little bit of anger and frustration, right? Because I'm intentionally pointing to something that doesn't address or answer what you're asking, or what you're talking about in the context of, of what's being talked about. It's not that what I said isn't true. It's just blatantly and intentionally not answering what you're getting at, right? Because there's a different context. I mean, maybe after talking about the story, right, all that fun storyline level stuff, maybe we also wanted to talk about the author himself. Maybe we shift the context of our discussion to that ultimate author position and start asking questions like, why do you think the author wrote what he wrote? Why do you think it is that the author determined that the character did what he did? Did, you know, did he have a purpose in it? Was he trying to convey something to us? Was he trying to teach us a lesson, convey something he thought was important, maybe something that happened in his own life? What Was he trying to, you know, so on and so forth. That's a different context of discussion than asking and discussing why things are happening on the storyline level, right? So in the exact same way that everyone, Calvinist or not, would recognize that things are happening in a story because the author determined it, Yet they're also happening because of storyline level reasons and the way in which the author determined it as it plays out. In the exact same way, Calvinists are simply saying that, yes, God, who is the divine author of, of all creation, has determined all things, no matter what it is you point at or look at, right? He's determined it all, but he's also determined how they come to pass and why they come to pass on the storyline level. But I, I just want to point, the whole, the whole point here is the only way that Leighton would be making any sort of argument by pointing out that, well, God determined it, is if that was the only answer to any question, right? And and this is also something Leighton Flowers very commonly has said. 
He said that if Calvinism is true, then God is the only reason that things are happening, right? He conflates ultimate with only. And I have him on record, as I played in my past episode, even in one episode, in one single episode, five or six times, he repeated that, well, if God's determined it, the, the only reason it's happening is because God, God determined it, and he uses the word only. So if you, you know, listen to this quick montage again, I've shortened it, but listen to this again. This is the, this is the problem, is if anybody becomes a theistic fatalist instead of a good theistic determinist like yourself, it's only because God determined for them to become a theistic fatalist. It's only because God determined it. Here's another one. But the only reason they think that way or they do that is because God determines them to. The only way you think what you think or do what you do is because God determined it. It's the only reason, according to Leighton. Here's another one. And the reason that they do is God on Calvinism. And so the only reason that a person who believes in theistic determinism doesn't become a fatalist is because God determines them not to become a fatalist. It's the only reason. And the only reason that a theistic determinist might become a fatalist is because God determines them to become a fatalist. It's the only reason. Here's another one. And the only reason he would ever do that is because God ultimately determined for him to do that. Conflating ultimate with only. And the last one. And therefore, the only reason you go witness to Joe is because God determined for you to go witness to Joe. Over and over and over again, only, only, only. These all came from one episode, right? And you can pull any episode of Leighton's out of a hat, and you're going to find the same drum beat rep repetition of, if God determined it, then that's the only reason that it's occurring. And you see, Leighton, if, if you were to just take your logic here and apply it to my book discussion analogy... If I were to insist that the only reason things were happening in the story is because the author determined it, would you take me very seriously at all? Right? I don't think you would. You would recognize that ultimately all things are happening because the author determined it, but there's a big difference between ultimate and only. And so it's at this point that I want to shift basically into an all-out assault on the free will position and point out that those of you who would consider uh, people like Leighton Flowers to be making some sort of brilliant argument along these lines... I want to point out that it doesn't matter if you're a Calvinist or not. All Christians are forced to recognize and understand God in the ultimate position. And so I just want to make it clear from the start here that this is not a U2 fallacy, right? The rest of this episode is not committing the, this, this U2 fallacy, something Leighton likes to throw out a lot, because I've just laid out my position. God can be the ultimate reason behind all things, and yet there are storyline level reasons behind particular things. But after, And so after clearing that up, I'm going to shift to pointing out how um, if... If you consider Leighton to be making some sort of argument along these lines, whatever argument you consider to be there is also applicable to your own position, whether you realize it or not. So the first thing I'd like to, to hammer out is the fact that according to the free will position, um, at this point we can almost, let's pretend Calvinism doesn't even exist, right? We're just going to be going into the free will position and asking some basic questions. But according to the free will position, God allows things to occur. Right? God obviously could have stopped anything that comes to pass. It doesn't matter what you point at in creation, even the bad stuff, right? Hitler, rape, torture, murder, child abuse, whatever. God could have stopped it, right? He could stop anything that comes to pass, which means that logically speaking, whatever does end up coming to pass was allowed by God. This is, a, this is a, I would assume, an open admission from the free will side, right? Unless you're going to say there's things that God couldn't stop. I don't think anybody's going to say that. God allowed whatever it is that comes to pass, God allowed it, and he could have stopped it. But notice something, that means that God willingly, important word, willingly chose to allow it. He made a choice. Here comes this thing, right? Again, Calvinism, not talking about Calvinism, free will. God knows the future. Here comes this thing, and God makes a choice. I'm either going to allow this or not allow it, right? So he's willingly choosing to allow even the bad stuff. 
So my, my first very brief question is, how can you say that God willingly chose to allow something that he was unwilling to occur? What exactly is unwilling permission or unwilling allowance? Because to me, that sounds like a contradiction, right? And, and, and again, don't fall for analogies. People like to jump off on analogies at this point. We're talking about God here, right? God has the absolute power to stop whatever it is that's going to occur. And yet he willingly chooses to allow what does occur. And I've never heard an answer to how that is not a double-minded or a two-willed view of God. That God was not willing for something to occur, but he was willing to allow it to occur when he could have easily stopped it. But that's a minor point to the, the main point. I want to bring this idea of allowance in the free will view back into the overall point at hand, because it's my claim that when God allows something to occur, he is determining that it occur. And, and how many times have we heard the free will side say that God determines some things, but he doesn't determine all things? And I've pointed out before that it doesn't matter if you're a Calvinist or not. You have God determining all things. Let me say that again, especially for people like Leighton, if you're listening to me. Even in your free will view, you have God determining all things. Now, the way in which God determines that things occur is actually irrelevant to the overall point here, right? That God is determining that things occur. That's all I'm getting at. The whole idea of causation and responsibility, the way in which God is determining things, is, is actually relevant to my point that in both our views, God is determining that things occur. So Calvinists might have God actively planning, purposing, and causing things to occur, right? Everybody wants to jump on that. God has uh, Calvinism has God actively planning, actively purposing, and actively causing things to occur, right? But you need to stop and realize that you have God reactively planning, and reactively purposing, and reactively allowing things to occur. But even in your view, God is the in the ultimate position, right? He is the ultimate, quote-unquote, filter by which all things and occurrences must pass through, right? The only way to escape this is to say that there's things that God can't stop. And again, I'm going to assume that nobody's going to go so far as to say that. So it's important not to fall for the distractions away from, from this overall point by pointing to causation and responsibility, right? Let's pretend Calvinism doesn't even exist, right? Everybody wants to stop and talk about causation as if that's the only form of determination there is. But any brief glimpse at a dictionary will show you that to determine something very simply means to firmly decide, quote-unquote, or to, quote, fix conclusively and authoritatively, end quote. So is there any denying that the free will view has God firmly and authoritatively deciding to allow things to occur and thereby fixing conclusively that they will occur? This is unavoidable. So to bring all this back to the topic at hand, just ask yourself this simple question. How easy was it, would it be for me to pull any Soteriology 101 episode of Leighton's out of a hat, start at the beginning and go through the end, and any time Leighton Flowers starts to talk about free will or something bad happening or somebody doing something or something occurring, if I were to just stop and say, oh, hey, don't forget, God allowed it, God allowed it, God allowed it, and he could have stopped it, would I be making some sort of brilliant argument by doing that? Right? And yet, how many of Leighton's episodes have we heard him go through and just, you know, stop and say, oh, don't forget, God determined it, as if he's making a point, right? I wouldn't be making some sort of brilliant point. I would just be simply pointing out the obvious fact about the free will position, which is that, yeah, no matter what you point at, it can be said that God allowed it, right? You would admit that. You would affirm that. But you would quickly point out that God ultimately allowing it is not the only reason that it occurred, you would point to storyline-level reasons as well, which is precisely what I, as a Calvinist, am doing on a regular basis. And how much worse would it make me look 
if I were to go so far as to say that the only reason it's happening is because God allowed it. It's the only reason, right? None of the storyline level stuff matters, right? Calvinism doesn't exist. We're talking about free will. None of that storyline level free will stuff matters. The fact that God allowed it is the only reason that it's happening, right? The only reason that anything ever happens is because God allows it to happen. That's bogus, right? You would, you would all recognize that God allowing it is, sure, the ultimate reason. It's an ultimate reason, but it's not the only reason. So just remember, uh, Leighton, whatever argument that you think you have going for you, when you stop and shout, but God determined it, God determined it, right? Or the only reason it happens is because God determined it. That has no more weight to it than when, if I were to shout back at you, but God allowed it. God allowed it, right? The only reason is God allowed it. It has no weight to it at all. And it's almost to the point of, of, of being a little embarrassing to, to even bring it up. Because again, causation and quote-unquote responsibility are, are they're important issues, and they're fun discussions, but they're separate issues, and they don't change the overall point here, right? Leighton, if he hasn't, if he's responding and he hasn't already said, oh, but in Calvinism, God is causally determining that things take place, so it's his fault. But why would the idea of allowance change responsibility at all? Can, can you explain the difference there? Why isn't God responsible, quote-unquote, for the horrible things that he allows that he could have stopped? Somebody like Leighton wants to always make humanistic analogies why is it that in human life, if I, can, if I have the power to stop something and I don't stop it, I can be brought up in charges for not stopping what I could have stopped, right? So why isn't God, quote-unquote, brought up on charges? Why is it okay for God to allow things that he could have stopped, right? And what's interesting is people have rejected the Christian faith altogether on this very basis, right? How many times have we heard unbelievers ask, why did God allow that person to starve to death? Why did God allow that natural disaster to kill all those people? Why didn't God stop that murder or stop that child abuse or stop that rapist? Why didn't God stop it? Right? What are your answers to those questions going to be as a free will proponent? And in my experience, the free will side is just going to wave the free will magic wand over their head and basically say there's nothing to see here, right? It's a mystery. We don't even have to be talking about it. They rarely talk about it. They're so focused on attacking Calvinism that they don't see that they're they need to provide answers to these ultimate questions as well. So when people like Leighton say we believe that God determines some things, but not all things. What he really means by that is we believe that God causally determines some things, but doesn't causally determine all things. But even Leighton is forced to recognize that in a general manner of speaking, even in his free will view, God does determine all things. Some things he determines causally, and other things he determines reactively by allowing it. But either way, God is determining what does and does not occur. Leighton has also suggested that when Calvinists are talking about storyline level issues and we're having storyline level discussions and we leave out the whole God determined it part, that we are somehow being disingenuous or we're trying to hide things from people or we're being misleading. Uh, listen, listen to this clip from one of my earlier episodes. Now you may say because God has decreed for this sin or this racial, uh, you know, uh, these racial issues being raised up in our culture today, you may say God is the one who decreed this thing and he's doing it through these means. Okay, well then say that. Just come out right out and say, well, God has sovereignly and unchangeably decreed these racial tensions for his own self-glorification. And it may be mysterious as to why he's doing it, but we, we know based upon our claims of our systematic that he is. But Douglas and most Calvinists, when they're addressing these kinds of issues, don't come right out and just say that. Why? It, for the very reason that I've mentioned before. Some positions don't need to be refuted. They just need to be clearly stated, and people will know to reject them if they're just clearly stated. And if Calvinists were that clear about what they believe, then I think most people would walk away from Calvinism pretty quickly. 
So Leighton clearly seems to be suggesting that uh, Calvinists are conveniently leaving out the whole God-determinate part, because if we were just clear and out, out front and open with it, then it would just have people rejecting it, you know, right away, without even giving it any thought. But as I pointed out, you know, in that episode, if it's mis- quote-unquote misleading for me to not always be mentioning the whole God-determinate part whenever I talk about storyline-level issues, then it's just as misleading when you don't mention the whole God-allowed-it part, right? If you were to be consistent with your own demands, uh, Leighton, from, from this day forward, anytime you were to talk about something happening, even, you know, especially the terrible things that you always like to bring up against Calvinism, you should be mentioning how, in your view, God allowed it, when he could have stopped it. And if you don't mention that, right, according to your own logic, you're being misleading. You're trying to hide things from people, right? The very thing, ironically, once again, that has caused people to reject Christianity as a whole throughout history. God allowed that rape. God allowed that child abuse. He allowed Hitler to commit genocide, and he could have stopped it all. But he allowed it, and therefore authoritatively and firmly decided that it would occur. He fixed conclusively that it would occur by uh, choosing not to stop it. So if it's misleading for me as a Calvinist to not always be mentioning the whole God-determinate part, even though everybody knows that's what we believe, then it would be just as misleading for you to not mention the whole God-allowed-it part when he could have stopped it, right? And the point is simple here. Just as Leighton doesn't need to qualify all of his discussions with, oh, by the way, God allowed it, I don't need to qualify all of my discussions with, oh, by the way, God determined it, right? In the same way everyone knows... You believe that God allows all things that occur. Everyone knows that Calvinists believe that God actively plans all things that occur. We're not trying to hide anything from anyone. So in brief summary, we've got both sides with God in the ultimate position. Both sides, whether actively or reactively, have God determining what does or does not occur. Okay, this has been firmly established, and it's it's unavoidable. And so I've got a couple other ways in which even the free will side, again, we're pretending Calvinism doesn't exist, even the free will side has to recognize God in the ultimate position. So let's just take a couple basics, right? If God, let's ask a question, if God had not created, would anything be happening? Right? You point to anything that's occurred or or is occurring in creation. Would it be happening if God had not, not created? The answer is no. So in an ultimate sense, right, in a very general and ultimate sense, can it be said that God is an ultimate reason why everything occurs. He's an ultimate reason, because he's, at a minimum, the creator of all things. The answer is yes, okay? You can't get around that. The only way that that could be done is if there were things in existence that were created by something other than God, right? Then and only then could there actually be things in existence that God has nothing to do with. But since all things are created by God, at a bare minimum, created by God, then you can at least say that God is an, an ultimate reason why they happen. But would anybody say, as Leighton has said against Calvinists, that therefore if God is an ultimate reason by creating, an ultimate reason that things are happening, that he's the only reason that they're happening? Of course not. This once again demonstrates the absurdity of those sorts of statements. And then we can localize this even further and we can focus on specific people, right? Everybody likes to talk about Hitler. Would Hitler have done the things he did if God had not created him? The answer is no. So is God an ultimate reason why Hitler did what he did? Right? Again, you can shout causation and this and that all, all day long. You're forced to admit that an ultimate reason is that God created Hitler. If he hadn't created Hitler, Hitler wouldn't have been doing what he did. And the only way that you could possibly say that God has absolutely, absolutely 100% nothing to do with what Hitler did is if Hitler created himself or was created by another god. Right? And God was just standing by and watching. right? But that's not reality. So even in that bare act of creation, 
the free will side is forced to admit that God is in the ultimate position and he's an ultimate reason. And yet it would be absurd for me to say against your free will position that God, if he's the ultimate reason, is the only reason that those things are happening, right? You would, all, you would obviously point to storyline level reasons as well. And then you can localize this even one step further, right? So we've gone from bare creation to creation of specific people in the basic sense of bringing them into existence. But let's talk about the existence of those people while those things are occurring. And if you've been a listener of this podcast for even more than one episode, you know that I can continuously point out and stress that God is the sustainer. He's not just the creator. He is the sustainer, right, of everything that he has created. So I would use the verse Hebrews 1.3, and it says that God upholds the universe by his power, right? And obviously the verse is always true. So there is never a single moment when even one particle of existence that God has created is not being upheld by his power, right? So when you zoom in on horrible things that are happening, such as Hitler and genocide or torture or child abuse or whatever, when you zoom in on those things, is Hebrews 1.3 in play? Is it applicable? Is the power of God upholding those very things as they're occurring? Could those things be occurring apart from the sustaining power of God? Right? And the obvious answer is no. Whether or not Calvinism exists, the answer is no. So even a free will uh, proponent or position is forced to recognize that God is once again in that ultimate position and he has to willingly choose to exert the sustaining power necessary for those horrible things to occur. So again, we're talking about why things occur. Is it a valid answer to say that the reason something occurs is because God sustained it while it occurred? The obvious answer is yes, right? The only way you could get out of that is if you believe that things were self-sustained and didn't require the sustaining power of God, and then God would have nothing to do with them. But obviously, if Hebrews 1.3 is true, and we're not going to be semi-deists, we're going to be Christians, then you can say that an, once again, an ultimate reason why anything occurs is because God sustained it. But once again, is that the only reason that it occurs, right? Are you going to conflate, as Leighton does, ultimate with only, and say that, well, since God is ultimately sustaining things as they occur, therefore that's the only reason that they occur? Of course not. You're going to point to storyline level reasons as well, right? So, my whole point in all this is that all Christians need to recognize and grant and affirm God in the transcendent position that he's the creator of all things, he's the sustainer of all things, and even in the free will view, he allows or doesn't allow all things and is therefore the ultimate determiner of all things that, that occur. And yet that can be true along with whatever it is that's occurring on the storyline level. So when you ask why something's happening, there's two answers. There's a storyline level answer and there's an ultimate God answer. And I can't help but stop having mentioned God being the sustainer. Again, Calvinism doesn't exist. I've got a question for the free will side. How do you not have a two-willed, double-minded God, view of God, I should say, if you believe that God willingly chooses to provide the sustaining power necessary for something to occur that he is not willing to occur? If nothing can occur unless God provides a sustaining power for it to occur. How can you say that God is willing, he willingly chooses to provide that power, and yet he's not willing that it occur? And again, trying to pretend like there can be things that God does not determine to occur, if he's the sustainer of all things, you just have to ask, 
Is God forced to sustain things? Or is it a choice that he makes? Right? Does God willingly choose to uphold his creation? Or is he forced to uphold it? And the answer is obvious. He willingly chooses to do so. He doesn't have to. And so how can you admit that God can determine to uphold something, that God can determine the way in which something continues to exist, and yet also say that God did not determine the way in which that thing continued to exist? Right? These are very important points, uh, a lot of which you know deserve their own episodes, but I bring them up sort of in a rapid-fire way here to, to get people to realize that even, it doesn't matter what view you have, any Christian view has to understand God of the transcendent position. You have to answer God being the sustainer of the, the terrible things while they occur. You have to answer God being the quote-unquote allower or the, the permitter of things, of the terrible things as they occur. You have to be able to understand these things. You have to you have to be able to make sense out of God creating things that he knows, terrible things he knows are going to occur, right? And you've got to be able to give these answers. And it just seems to me like a lot of people are so focused on attacking Calvinism that they think that Calvinists are the only ones with those, those uh, questions, right? Those ultimate questions. And as I've said before, I think that Calvinists, man up and tell it like it is, we, we go, we're not afraid to answer those questions, right? And yet, since we're the only ones who do give answers... Everybody looks at us as if we're the only ones who have to give the answers in the first place. When the fact of the matter is, both sides need to give answers to those questions, and only one side is willing to give the answers, right? And so, most of the time, Calvinists are on the defense, because we've put the answers out there, and now we're defending our answers, whereas the non-Calvinists are on the offense, attacking Calvinists for giving those answers, and yet embarrassingly forgetting, or seeming to forget, that they have to give their own answers, which they rarely do. It's usually just mystery and free will's the answer somehow without explanation. And another thing I've never really understood is how can how can you consider it free will if you only ever end up doing what God allows you to do? If your entire life from start to finish is nothing more than a culmination of the things that God allowed you to do, how is that really true autonomous free will? How can you say that you're free from God when you only ever do what he lets you do or allows you to do? Because, you know, if you stop and think about it logically, God may have taken any number of actions, right? Any number of actions to change the course of your life and your choices behind the scenes and unbeknownst to you so that you didn't end up doing certain things that he didn't want you to do, but instead ended up doing other things, things that you actually did. And here this whole time, you thought you had this autonomous free will. And this is just one more angle to point out how free will in the end when you reach the end of all these logical roads, free will is nothing more than an illusion. I've asked in past episodes, can God take an action which results in you doing something that he wants you to do, but it's also something that you want to do, right? And if your answer is yes, then you may have never even known that a particular action that God took resulted in you doing something that you did, right? And so this whole time you think you've got free will when really you're just doing what God wanted you to do because of a particular action he took that was unbeknownst to you. And so I just, again, circle back. If your entire life from start to finish is nothing more than you doing the things that God allows you to do or determined for you to do by taking particular actions here and there, um, then free will is nothing more than illusion. God is in ultimate control of all your choices and all your actions, period, end of discussion. And I've got one final point to make, and that is uh, I don't have the time to go find various times when Leighton has said it, but along these exact same lines, um, somebody would ask Leighton, well, if it, you know, a question, storyline level question, like if it could be demonstrated to you that the Bible 
you know, clearly taught that Calvinism was true, would you accept it? Right? And instead of giving a storyline level answer, uh, he says, well, if God determined me to, I would, right? Sarcastically saying, once again, if God determined it, but there's, there's two things that need to be said. Number one, this goes back to the whole fatalism discussion and not knowing the future, right? Saying if God determined it, right? You can't pretend to know the future. So yeah, if God determined you to accept Calvinism in the future, you will. But that's not the only reason or answer. You need to understand that if he's determined that you will accept Calvinism in the future, he's also determined how and why, which can include debates, discussions, study, reading, so on and so forth, right? All those things can be what can contribute to why you uh, accept or reject Calvinism in the future. So if the day comes when you do accept Calvinism, then yeah, it can be said because God determined that you would, but it can also be said because you changed your mind and you can give all the reasons why you changed your mind if that should ever come to pass. But remember, we don't know the future. And number two, to sarcastically say, well, if something's going to happen in the future, it'll happen if God determined it to, is just as sarcastic and irrelevant as me saying to a free will position that something's going to happen in the future if God allows it to, right? You're going to do something in the future if God allows you to, right? It's a true statement, something you believe, something you grant, something you recognize, and yet you would point out that that's not the whole story, right? Yes, if you're going to do something in the future, God is allowing you to do it, right? He could have stopped you, but he will allow you to do it, whether it's good or bad or ugly. He allowed you to do it. But it's not the only reason. You would point to storyline level reasons as well. So I hope these sorts of things stick with you guys uh, into the future so that the next time you hear Leighton say something like, well, God determined it, you got to remember. Yeah, that's a true statement. So what? Right? And when Leighton says the only reason that it happened is God determined it, you should very clearly see by now that it's not the only reason. It's the ultimate reason, but it's not the only reason. And if he's going to ignore storyline level reasons when he's attacking Calvinism, that would be just as ridiculous as us ignoring storyline level reasons when we point out the fact that God allowed it in his view, right? Just as ridiculous. And yet we don't do that because we see how ridiculous it is. The only reason I've brought them up in this episode is to point out that for some reason, the free will side rarely sees, seems to realize that they have to answer the same ultimate questions. Never forget that the free will side cannot escape God being the ultimate determiner of all things. Whether it's active or reactive, whether it's God causing it or God allowing it, doesn't matter. God is still the ultimate determiner of what does and does not occur. Once you take all of these factors into account, number one, that God created you knowing you, what you would do, and he didn't ask you if you wanted to be created. Number two, God chooses to allow you to do anything that you do when he could have stopped it. And number three, that God chose to uphold your existence while you did whatever it is that you did. For any Christian, there is no escaping God being in ultimate control. So this will bring us to the end of this particular episode. I think we've set another record here for the shortest ever consistent Calvinism episode. You guys should be very proud. Uh, just want to say again, don't worry. I'm still going to at you know someday get around to addressing influences and determinism, how those two things fit together. And uh, another important topic is God, the author of evil. Those are still on my list, and I'm going to try to get to them as soon as I can. Um, once again, you can find Consistent Calvinism Podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps. You can subscribe on YouTube, and you can follow the Twitter at the letter C Calvinism, at C Calvinism. Fun discussions there as well. Thanks again, guys. If you enjoy this, spread it around, share it around. And uh, remember to stay consistent, my friends. 